dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello, listeners. This is Father Michael. Uh, today's episode is Mother Natalia's episode, and she is talking about extravagance, primarily our Lord's extravagance, who always begins by loving us and taking care of us extravagantly, and then our responses. Mother, uh, we talk about the etymology of extravagance, which is kind of cool and beautiful. Mother gives uh, a bunch of examples from the scriptures, Old and New Testament, where God is extravagant and where we respond with extravagance. And we finish with some very practical ways that we have found in our experience or in others' experience that we've witnessed of how that extravagance um, can be a thank you to God. And then the way that we can continue to love others and the way that we are doing that um, in our lives through a mini topic about our nonprofit. And we thank our patron for that mini topic. Um, if you are a hashtag banter hater, go ahead and skip ahead 11 minutes and 15 seconds from the end of this announcement. Glory to Jesus Christ. And glory forever. Hello, Father Michael. Hello, Mother Natalia. Do you, I... do you like my... Uh, do you like my my Jiminy Cricket on my shoulder? <laughs> it took me a second it? to realize what you meant. It's that's actually really Jesus funny, Christ. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's appropriate. He is your conscience. I'm, I'm looking at myself, which I always do when we podcast. Um. Really? <laughs> no. Do you actually just look at yourself the whole time? No. Oh. No, I look at you the whole time, but but like I'm I'm looking at myself because actually you're kind of blurry right now. And I'm I just got an alert that of, said network I is guess, struggling, and I'm like, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> um, struggling existentially. Uh, I do like your Jiminy Cricket. You can't relate. We just had spiritual direction yesterday, and you were just like, it's like really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I, I'm, I'm not struggling like, I don't know. I'm not struggling in any serious ways. I'm You're just, struggling because you ran too much. <laughs> You're literally, too that's healthy. the truth. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's because I'm not healthy enough. Like I ran too much and I feel sick from it because I think it was more than I maybe could do with my pots right now. Mm. But um, I thought I could and I did. And I'm just feeling a little bit on the verge of a migraine. So it might have been too much. Yeah. Well, I my my right leg is hurting because I walked too much yesterday. <laughs> that, show, that shows where I am. <laughs> oh, no, that's actually how I discovered how I have an issue with my right foot and the sciatica and all that is because because I remember one day I was in Pittsburgh as a priest. This was like a few years ago, and I just walked all day long. It was such a good day. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, I was like, "What is wrong with me?" And I was mm. like. Is it really just because I walk too much? I realize I have the, the, some sort of nerve or foot or some issue that caused me right leg pain. So, but I walked all over Venice Beach yesterday. That place is almost as crazy as the stereotype is. Like Venice Beach is I don't just know all the stereotype. The, it's like crazy people in rollerblades, and that's where Muscle Beach is. That's where the big skate park is. Oh, okay. That's where all those things are. And then they have street vendors everywhere. Obviously a beautiful beach, beautiful pier right next to Santa Monica where the big, um, like, uh, what do they call it? It's a pier with the big uh, amusement park on it with the big uh, Ferris Santa wheel, etc. And then just Santa Monica is. And then right next to that is Venice Beach. And Venice is, it's really beautiful, but it just has, it just attracts. And it wasn't like 
people you see in other cities where they're on the hard drugs, you know, where they're kind of standing up and stooped over and things like that. That, that this it's absolutely horrible. It happens in L.A., of course. But Venice Beach just had a bunch of, like, you know, people obviously strung out on marijuana. You could smell it, um, but it, it wasn't. It never felt unsafe. Um, it just like everywhere you look, it's really, really interesting and kind of like I don't want to live there. I have a friend that grew up there. I don't want to live there, but it's it's kind of fun to go see and people watch in a crazy place like that for mm-hmm. a couple hours while I was doing spiritual direction on the phone. So, yeah. um, I'm trying really hard to pay attention to what you're saying because I'm not really interested in anything about Venice Beach. My life, if I'm being um, honest, okay. <laughs> Um, maybe I am getting a migraine because I'm not usually that um, direct about those things. I usually do a better job of pretending like I. I think I think if I was your therapist, I would say you're a little bit jealous, and so you are you are dismissing things about my life, like going out and seeing people that are interesting to see in bars and restaurants and beaches. Okay, well, like you're not a therapist, and this every sticks to your time day job. I bring up, every time I bring up these aspects of my life, you always tell me you're bored. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, just, I saw Dr. I Dre yawn. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just, I just I don't get it. But, okay. <laughs> but I'm glad that you are happy. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. I know. I want to share um, something from an email because it just greatly amused me. Um, Well, actually, I should share something from it for the actual topic as well. But before that, uh, this, uh, this woman emailed from Maryland. And she says, um, she has a squirrel in the middle of her email. And she says... Mm -hmm. I was so surprised to see you on the Matt Frad show. It was my first time to see you. Um, In my head, you, meaning Father Michael, um, were a smaller, fragile man only because of your gentleness. So funny. You are a big, burly teddy bear. (laughs) And I loved that. (laughs) I loved that so much. Um, and because of your gentleness, she pictured you being this like small, fragile man, um, which that part was really funny to me. But then it was also funny that she called you a big, burly teddy bear. <clears throat> and uh, so I know anyways. I've shared before that on the old podcast, I was th- they thought I was taller with more hair. So actually, oh, really? they probably thought I, lo- I looked, yeah. People would say, like, oh my gosh, you don't look anything like your voice. And I said, what is my voice? Like, uh, six foot, full head of hair. Thanks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate that. My five ten big head, no hair. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm really not insecure. I wouldn't be saying this if I was truly insecure. I don't know what to make of that. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> so we have um, we have very many. One of our patron uh, rewards for people who support us on Patreon support our nonprofit Fotina. Um, one of the rewards is that they get a shout out. <laughs> And um, we have, I don't know, over 100 people that we need to shout out. So we're going to start doing a few of those each day. I mean, not each day. That would be obnoxious, but each time we record. record. So um, I want to give a shout out. We're just going to do first name and state. And we're going to start with who we love least. So um, 
Father Michael, that's <laughs> not true. I'm just going in order of what shows up on Patreon. Wow. Um, I'm trying to make this more interesting. But <laughs> uh, we're going to, yeah, um, first name and state. Like the state, the geographical state in which you live, not your state of being. Um, or, or whether or not you're in a state of grace. Um, that's a, kind of depressed today. <laughs> John hasn't eaten in two days. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so we're going to do that. And uh, But if you are a patron and you very much do not want us to ever give you a shout out, please tell me that. <laughs> um, email the podcast and we will make sure we do not give you a shout out. I think the ideal here, by the way, is that we get all caught up because we've been neglecting this aspect of, of like what every podcast does. We get caught up, and then and then in the end, we just we start like shouting at new new patrons, yeah. which is kind of cool. <clears throat> just like, hey, thank you. It's like it's like public radio. Since we have over a hundred, and we want to actually get caught up, maybe I should do like five. Does that seem like the right number? Yeah. Okay, great. So I want to give a shout out to Kathy from Maryland. Can we do the first letter of the last name? Sure. Okay, just because there's think, probably a lot of Kathys. I think it was Kathy K. Okay. Um, I already marked it complete, so I'm not totally sure about that. Ah, I see. Marjorie W. from, oh, um, <laughs> Massachusetts. M.A. is Massachusetts, right? Yes. Oh, okay. this is going to be fun. <laughs> uh, Samuel M. from Wisconsin. And David E. from Florida. I haven't been counting. I think that was four. <laughs> And Phil W. from Washington. I feel like that's probably five. Um, it's 10.30 and mother's already drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm three hours ahead of you. That's true. <laughs> but I'm not drinking alcohol because it's Friday. Um, and because it's 1.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> but uh, great. So those are the shout Thank outs. Thank you all for being patrons and for supporting us. Um, yeah. I have an exciting new... Well, we have a couple exciting new things we're doing with the Matthew 25 money here in the parish because I've gotten mm. a bit of behind on that. So we're going to. Well, that's great because, <clears throat> spoiler alert, the mini topic that I'm going to do um, at the end of the episode, Christopher mm-hmm. G uh, gave us a whole list of possibilities. Um, <laughs> and nice. he says, feel free to use these or not as you and Father Michael see fit. And then he gives seven different things in no particular order. But one of them is Fotina and how plans are progressing. So um, I thought uh, it would fit in well with my topic at the end to do the mini topic for five or ten minutes about Fotina, our nonprofit, and how the plans are progressing. So uh, you can share those things then. Great. Well, here's what I'd like to talk about today. I would like to talk about extravagance. Um, yep. The, the reason this came to me, um, I want to talk about God's extravagance with us and also, um, to bring up a consideration of how we are called to be extravagant with him and with others in return, because everything, God is the first mover, right? He's, he's always, the one initiating, and then anything that we do is only a response. You know, I've heard it uh, 
said before, it's a cliche, but I think there's a truth to it as there is a truth to most cliches. Um, we can never say to God, just, I love you. It's always, I love you too. Um, mm. Because it's always a response to his love. That's beautiful. So, uh, great. So the reason this came to me is we just celebrated the feast of St. Elijah. So on July 20th, <clears throat> we're recording on July 21st. So just yesterday, we celebrated the Feast of Elijah. And at Vespers on the 19th, so Vespers for St. Elijah, um, <laughs> I just was remembering about how I just closed the window. I literally just closed the window. <laughs> whatever. Uh, the At Vespers, we have three readings for, for big feasts, we have three readings, and they're Old Testament readings. Um, the second one of them was so long, so, so long. As in, like, in our Bible, I had to turn the page twice um, <laughs> wow. to finish the reading. Okay. And it was so intense. It was my reading. Uh, and we have a Bible that's very, very heavy, so... That was unfortunate. Anyways, um, I should have like logged it as a strength workout on my garment or something. Mm. So uh, the reading that I had was when Elijah is trying to get the prophets, um, the pagan prophets, to get their god, Baal, to um, light this um, pyre. Pyre, thank you. Um, and whoops, just clicked a pen. Um, to to like send down fire from the heavens uh, to light this pyre, and so like you can't use any matches. They don't have matches. I don't know why that just came to my mind. Um, but anyways, no external source of fire that um, you're going to pray to your God and have him do it. And then I'm going to do the same thing with my pyre, and we're going to see which God is the true God. And as so the prophets of Baal, um, they're trying to do this. They're crying out in prayer to Baal. Um, and <clears throat> Baal is not the one true God. And so, of course, he doesn't light a fire for them. And then Elijah, I really like this part because I'm a snarky person. Elijah starts mocking them. And he's like, oh, maybe your God is just out on vacation. Or maybe your God is sleeping. And probably you need to cry out louder because you need to wake him up because he's just sleeping. Um, I don't think that in general this is actually a fruitful way to evangelize to people, so I'm not <laughs> suggesting it. Uh, but in this particular reading, it's quite amusing. So he's mocking them. <clears throat> and then uh, what's also funny to me about it is like they actually see me. I'm not saying this is what happened, but like in reading it, what appears happens is like they don't sense his sarcasm and they're like, oh yeah, no, good point. Um, because then they start to like cry out louder and um, and cut themselves to get the attention of their God and so on and so forth. Anyways, Baal never sends this fire. And then Elijah um, builds his altar and um, <clears throat> he builds this pyre upon which he's going to offer sacrifice and in doing, I think, and in doing so, um, he 
first um, asks for buckets of water um, so that he can dump water all over this wood. And after completely drenching the wood with water, he then um, prays to God to send down fire to light this pyre. And of course, God does. And Elijah uses this as the proof that he is the one true God, that the God that he worships is the true God, um, which of course we believe is true. But it just was amazing to me that only this year in doing the readings did it strike me the fact that he dumped water on all of the wood first. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, he's trying to make the point of um, our God is such a strong God that he can even light this wood that's drenched in water on fire. And I've always received that point from it before. But what I didn't think about before is that he's doing this in the midst of a drought. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can't imagine what people were thinking when he says, go get four large jars of water and I'm just going to dump them all over this Mm -hmm. wood. And, um, and it's going to be a total waste. It's going to be, you know, like, um, of course, then the next thing is that Elijah prophesies that there will be rain again. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so you can just see, this is like one of those moments in which I think it becomes clear. This isn't, the point of the reflection, but just as an aside, it's one of those moments in which God knows and God sees what we can't know and can't see. Because to us, that seems absurd. And it's like, this water is precious, but God knows that the drought is ending. And so God can inspire in Elijah's heart Mm -hmm. this this movement towards, well, let's first douse it in water. Um, So anyways, I was just struck by like the extravagance of that, of that, we have this water that is so precious right now because there isn't water. I think it's three and a half years that it hasn't rained. Um, and we're just going to dump it literally on the ground. Um, these four buckets of water. And then burn it four. up. So and then burn that. it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I was struck by the extravagance of that. Like, his point would have been proven if God just lit this thing on fire, um, but it wasn't enough. And there's there's like this this extravagance with which um, God shows Himself, and we see this throughout scriptures. And I want to name a couple other places in which we see that extravagance in scripture. Can um, I guess? Sure. Yeah. So the two I wrote down <clears throat> while you were talking were. Um, Christ's making the water into wine, because that's similar with buckets of water. No, that's not one of the ones I have. And the woman with the oil who <clears throat> poured it on yes. Jesus' preparation. That is, that is one of the ones I had. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll talk about those two first, and then I'll uh, mention the other two that I had written down, um, which I literally just wrote down the first three or four that came to mind, because this is all over the place oh, in Scripture. Yeah, exactly. Um so I have a couple thoughts on just the word sure, extravagance please. first. Okay, so yeah. um, I, I I love I love etymology, and obviously this is not I love especially etymology when it comes to like the the Greek of the New Testament or the Hebrew of the Old Testament or the Aramaic of Matthew. Like there there's anyway there, there's some there's a way <clears throat> that that the 
that the words chosen in the original languages in which the scriptures were written, we can do a deep dive into the etymology of those words and find something really beautiful. Like, like it's something that, that the spirit has, has initiated and the spirit is going to fulfill. Um, for instance, like I remember my mind was blown in seminary when I learned like what prodigal actually meant, right? Mm-hmm. Prodigal means extravagant. And, and, and I always thought it meant return or like conversion. So like the prodigal son was the son who converted. Yeah. It doesn't mean, it means, it means before, before he converted. That's what we call him the, the prodigal son. Now, again, this is what we, this is what we call him. Um, but there's something beautiful about that, that, that the church has reflected upon that the prodigalness of the extravagance of the son and, Oh, and so therefore you can compare it to the prodigal nature of the father, the extravagant nature of the father. Now, I just looked up the, the etymology of extravagance. I don't know how it fits with prodigal. I didn't have time to do this. I just did it while, while you were talking. Um, but do you know what it means? Like no. what, what the origin? So it comes in, in our English word extravagance, um, pretty much comes from like, Want, so X is, is like outside of, in this case, outside of. Um, and then um, the, the second part, I guess, vagrants, like, oh, it's like vagrant, I guess. So like mm-hmm. vagrant, like, like wandering. So it, <clears throat> it means um, wandering outside of or diverging mm. greatly. So like mm. diverging greatly from the path. So there's, there's the path and there's the extravagance is, is like diverging greatly from the path. And, and the way that, that the definition then that I looked up said using that etymology was just a lack of restraint. So mm. restraint is to continue on the right path. Extravagance means to, to go off. Now, obviously this basically means in English, we've always used it as a negative term. Mm-hmm. But but it is very interesting saying okay we don't want a lack of restraint we don't want to diverge greatly we don't want to wander outside of 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 what you know in case we can wander outside the norm but we don't want to wander outside of what is healthy but there there is a sense of of that that's what God does in in when He is surprising and mysterious and engaging and that's what Elijah does in in the spirit the same spirit of what God is. So like you said, God, God is extravagant with us. Therefore we respond with extravagance mm-hmm. in our time, in our prayer. And um, anyway, so the, it makes me think just real quick of, of the, of the advice I hope I've said on this podcast before of when people ask me, you know, father, how much should I be praying? And I asked, I them, literally have this in my notes to oh, talk about go ahead this. Then. You do it. You do it. No, 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 no. I mean, I okay. was quoting, I was quoting you. So you, oh, do okay. It. Yeah. So, so it's just, um, there's, when someone asks, what, how should I pray? How much should I pray? I ask them how much time they generally think they can do it. And so if somebody says a half an hour a day, I will say, cut that in half. And then, so make your commitment because we all need commitments or we will stop doing it. The church knows this. We know this. Psychologists know this. Um, we need it. We need these commitments. We need this structure. We need these habits. So, you know, commit to half of what you just said, like off the cuff, off the top of your head commit to half of that but then try to do the whole thing or more mm-hmm. because the the second so if you pray for 15 minutes because it's a commitment um that that is is good it is prayer within the body of Christ it is prayer that saves our soul it's a true conversation with God but there's something about that extra 15 minutes that is not required of us we can get up and leave and we should have no guilt but that extra 15 minutes, if we're able to engage with it, it becomes a gift. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm giving this gift to God. I'm giving this gift to myself. I'm giving this gift to the church, this gift of, of prayer that, that is, is, is totally freely given, no commitments, no worries, no guilt. And I have even found that 
the way I feel in prayer, not the most important aspect of prayer, of course, but the way I feel in prayer, I really do feel more peaceful because of the the generosity or the extravagance. And again, prayer, like we can never pray enough so that God is like, oh, you've been so good to me. Like that's not why prayer works, right? Pr- prayer is prayer is is for my relationship with Christ. It makes certainly makes him happy, but it's not like, oh, you know, Jesus, you the devil says, oh, look how much time you gave him, and he didn't, he hasn't given you anything in return, like. That that's all evil, um, but there is this sense of of to to use the word we're using here extravagance in to respond to God's extravagance with our own, and that's through charity with others, love of others, forgiveness of others, prayer time, all these ways that we can we can actually respond with extravagance. And I have other thoughts, mm-hmm. but I think I'm going to tie them into my podcast next, and I'll I'll say them if they come up though too. Sure, and and that's kind of the the practical application that I want to get to at the end after sharing these scripture stories is nice. to talk about some of those um, ways that we are called to extravagance. But uh, yeah, so one of the ones that you mentioned that I had written down is the sinful woman anointing Jesus, um, which was seen as a great extravagance from the disciples, right? Because she pours this entire alabaster jar of nard on his head Um and I don't remember how much scripture says it would have cost, um, but a lot, basically. Um, oh, uh, more than a year's wages wow. is... Um, it's more than an engagement ring. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, well, that's appropriate. Anyways, so um, <laughs> the... Yeah, more than a year's wages spent just dumping this nard on Jesus's head. Um and part of that extravagance um, that's so beautiful, and I think I've shared this before, is um, I, I heard a homily about this woman one time because, you know, it's shared in Scripture that she was a sinful woman, um, which usually a sinful woman means a particular thing in Scripture. And so in this homily, you know, the priest was like, why do you think she had that? nard like Mm. this very expensive perfume like she would use it to attract customers um Mm. and so the fact that um there's also this extravagance which as you as you were talking about prodigal it reminded me what i've shared on here before in my the life profession podcasts was that um i had a reflection about this prodigality um of the father and my own prodigality because for our life profession, the tropar that's sung as we go down the aisle making the prostrations um, and about to be life professed is the tropar of the prodigal son. And as I was reflecting on that, like the whole point of a monastic life profession is to spend the rest of my life repenting, <laughs> to spend the rest of my life um, growing in holiness and um, repenting for the the sin in my life. And so it was like, I prayed that through my life profession and then for the rest of my monastic life, it wasn't that my prodigality, the recklessness with which I had spent my life would go away, but that it would be transformed into um, a beautiful recklessness, a prodigality towards the father. And... um, and to his son, my spouse, and and to the spirit, um, a prodigality towards the Trinity um, and within the Trinity. And um, 
So similarly, like that's the extravagance with which we see this woman. Like she had this nard likely um, for use in her life of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she has a conversion, she gives all of that back and transforms the prodigality into a prodigality um, of love for the Lord. Um, so that's just really beautiful. That's really amazing. I, I, I've found that to be so helpful in my own prayer life and others' prayer life because you can take what you are so ashamed of or you think what is your downfall or will be your downfall and you can see that that God has allowed that to happen because you can use that as an instrument or as a tool or even just a realization or some way of using using what was your downfall in a way that that is only Christ can take and transform into something beautiful and and I don't, I don't, I have examples. I don't, I don't want to give away too much, but there was someone I met recently who, I mean, the, the, their, the experience of their, of their self-destructive actions was like a bit shocking to me. And I, you mm. know, you, you don't think that we're shocked by much, but, but like it was, it was absolutely shocking to me. And I, not absolutely, I didn't show it on my face or anything like that. And, and, you know, I think God gives us the grace to do that, but I just, I, I wept for them, you know, interiorly. Mm. And, and, and I thought, you know, I can, I can't, I can't imagine how they think that the, the, what the self-destructiveness of what they've done is, is ever like, it just changed them as a person, you know, in, Mm -hmm. in, in real, very real ways. And it's, it's, it's like you've got me thinking, Mother. How can I, how can I, maybe be a little bit of an earthen vessel, bringing the light of Christ of hope to them through this? So I'm going I'm, I'm to bring that to prayer. That exact, the well, what what they've done to themselves through through sin. Again, not like manipulation. They're not doing this maliciously, but because of their own life, what's, what's happened to them. But but there's there's something like that that I think there could be hope there. So thank you for saying that. That was a, a spirit moment. Sure. Um, and then two other, um, three other things in scripture that I want to mention before moving on. Um, one is David dancing before the ark. Mm. So here's a really good old Testament one. Um, because in, um, in the sixth chapter of second Samuel, we hear this story about, and I just read this recently, um, during just my rule of prayer, which is um, what made me think of it. And um, so they bring the ark. Uh, David offers some sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And then when he finishes this, he blesses the people in the name of the Lord. And then he um, gives everyone cake and bread. And um, then they all return to their homes. And then when he returns home, um, oh, sorry, before all of that, before they, um, when the ark first enters the city, um, King David is leaping and dancing before the Lord. And, um, and then they bring it and place it in the special tent that David's prepared for it. And then the rest of what I just said happens, but, um, it's the, the leaping and dancing before the Lord, um, that, I wanted to mention because when David gets home to his own family, um, his wife says to him um, in disgust, 
How distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. And David's response to her is, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father, because she's the daughter of Saul, who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord, so I celebrate before the Lord. And then this is my favorite line. Yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. Um, And it's just this like, his extravagance, his dancing before the ark um, was looked upon with disdain because it was looked upon as foolish, as just too much, as too showy. Um, And David says, like, I'm willing to look even more foolish than this for the Lord. Um, And yeah, so I really like that one. There's a few deep digs in that that I've mm-hmm. never heard before until you read it. Like he says, your father wasn't chosen. Like, like, like don't, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like there's a, there's a bit of a, I was chosen over your father. Don't think you're better than me or your father's better than me, which, which may have been implied. And then also the fact that, yeah, the servant girls will see what you can't. Like yeah. they're going to see with clearer eyes than you can. The, mm-hmm. the ones that you tried to use to insult me, namely the lowliness of the servant girls, you tried to insult me using their loneliness, but actually their loneliness is what's going to allow them maybe you know, to mm-hmm. over-theologize it. it um, is, they're going to see what you can't. So, ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Um, okay, two more quickly scriptural, both from the New Testament. Um, one is the story that we're all very familiar with, the, the parable of the leaving the 99 sheep for the one. Mm. Like, that's extravagance. Um, and... Um, that's the recklessness with which the Lord loves us. Um, so there's that. And then the last is that I wanted to mention is the, um, what Jesus says about, um, going the extra mile. Um, so the, and this is where the phrase going the extra mile comes from is that, um, in scripture, Jesus is telling the people that, um, because the the law um, was that for anyone who's twelve or older, um, if if a Roman soldier, a, a Jew, sorry, if a Jew is twelve years or older, if a Roman soldier um, tells them to carry their gear, uh, they have to carry that for an entire mile. It's talked about as a mile. There's no way it was actually a mile, so I don't know what the actual distance is because they didn't use mileage for measurement. So I'm curious what the measurement actually is, but it's like translated as a mile, whatever. Um, but so Jesus says, if, if they tell you to carry their gear for a mile, carry it for two. Um, and that's what makes me think of what you say about the rule of prayer, Father Michael, of um, like, have an obligation of praying 15 minutes, but then actually pray 30. And um, to give out of extravagance and not just out of obligation or necessity. Um, yeah. And and by the way, just a pastoral note, it doesn't need to be exactly 15. You can go at 10 more and, and it, there, there's still an extravagance there. You can go 20 more, you know? So in other words, I'm afraid that some minds, the more scrupulous, detailed minds would say, <laughs> well, I do exactly 15 more. And then that becomes an obligation. That's the problem. Don't, yeah. don't make that an obligation. So that your generosity can go 
for a period of time, shorter or longer, it just that's a, an easier way to remember is the cut it in half and then try to do the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's why I've also mentioned on the podcast before, I think it's really important for us to like, you know, as as people are trying to fit prayer into their daily life, um, something that we'll hear often is like, well, I pray while I'm driving or mm. I pray while I'm doing this or that. And th- those are good things. Like, don't get me wrong. Those are good things. And please pray while you're driving. Do that but, and. Right. I think yeah. we also need to give Jesus time that like, mm-hmm we're not just fitting it in when it's convenient. Um, it's like, I'm setting aside this time for him. That's the extravagance. Um, and so like, yes, pray a rosary while you're driving, but uh, maybe sometimes also just like pray a rosary while you're sitting at home when there are other things that you could be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, for some people that maybe is the extravagance of praying while they're driving because maybe for some people that's when they catch up on all their phone calls. And so they're going to like not make a phone call while they're driving and instead they're going to pray. And so there, there is that as well. So I want to like leave room for that and I'm not trying to, to shame anyone there. Um, But yeah, I think we need to be extravagant in our prayer as well, which reminded me of um, that same woman who called you a, um, big burly teddy bear um, is just really delightful. Uh, She says, I think the first episode I heard from our podcast, I think the first episode I heard was about quote unquote, wasting time with Jesus. I listen to you guys while I fold laundry and do dishes. These chores that previously seemed so mundane have now become some of the most critical, joyful and uplifting parts of my daily life. I love quote unquote, wasting time with y'all and Jesus. And um, so I just think that it's like, I don't know, it's just a, a good thing to remember that that what the world sees as wasteful, especially in our society, we've talked many times on this podcast about how our society just like drives home all of these, like you have to be productive, you have to be productive. And if you're not producing, then you're not, um, then there's no fruit, you know? Um and so to just have the courage to be extravagant and to be extravagant with like our love for the people in our lives. You know, I was thinking of, we, we do this very well, I think at Christmas in our community because we each, we draw names. And so we each have one nun um, that we are supposed to like get gifts for, for Christmas Um but because of that, as you know, Father Michael, because I've shared with you like the different gifts and stuff that I've made for the other community before and um, other members of the community in the past, like our gifts for one another are so extravagant in our community. And it's just completely delightful um, on Christmas. We're all way more excited. Like I, I often just forget that I'm even receiving gifts because I'm so excited to give these gifts. Um and extravagance does not necessarily mean cost, right? Like yeah. we're not spending a bunch of money on each other. Um, but like one year I had Mother Petra and she asked for a candle holder for her life profession candle so that she could keep it in her icon corner. Um, I know that Mother Petra loves rocks and um, I know that she has the same size life profession candle as me. And so I built... Um, 
a candle holder for her out of rocks um, using my candle as the, um, to like shape it. Um, and like that took so much time and so much like creativity and, um, and I'm not typically a very creative person. And so like that's extravagance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to just, I don't know, just, I guess I would encourage people to pray about like, what are the ways that they're being called to extravagance in their life, um, in, in prayer and like that direct extravagance with the Lord, but then also, the extravagance to which he calls us to love one another. Um, you know, maybe that's like writing someone a handwritten email. I mean, <laughs> writing someone a handwritten letter <laughs> instead of just sending an email. Yeah. Um, or maybe that's like, you only have 20 minutes of free time today. And instead of watching this YouTube video, you're going to like bake something for your family. You're, you know, like just different ways of these like, if you can call it a simple extravagance. Um, you know, something I can tell you a couple examples from being poor and busy um, is that when when I get really busy and I have something scheduled and if I have something that cancels, it's like so incredibly helpful because mm-hmm. I go like, oh my gosh, I have this extra time. And, um, and the temptation with that extra time is to see it as, okay, now let me, you know, do something that is on my checklist. Mm-hmm. And like, well, you know, if you truly organized your day, this is another reason to I need to better organize my day. But if I truly if you truly organize the day, like there's time built in for that. So if you have if you're given extra time as a gift, give it away as a gift. Like mm-hmm. if you see those things as a gift, um, you know, I, I did that the other day. Um Jonah, he listens, right? So Jonah, I was gonna have spiritual direction with him. And and then I was going to Uber from the Burbank airport to the church. And he texted me and said, are we still on for today? Yes. And then he said, do you need a pickup from the airport? And I said, I'm actually coming into Burbank rather than LAX. So he came and picked me up. We just started direction in the car. So mm. we started. And then when we when we ended, we were pretty much could have been done. And he's like, well, that, thank you. you know." And I said, I actually have a little bit more time because... Mm. I was yeah, in the Uber. I wasn't. I was gonna. Have, I was gonna be doing this. So now I have extra time, and it was great because we just sat there, and I was. Yeah. I was so glad. I. I didn't fight the temptation to go. Let me just run to the office and start mm-hmm. working on things I need to get done. You know, it, it was. It was so. I don't think he didn't ask for it. I offered to it, but I. That. That was that sense of extravagance, and then also with money. Somebody gave me some money recently. And again, it's like, of course, I could stick this money in my wallet. Of course, I could use it for something. But I was able to 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 share it with somebody that kind of in the moment. um, And it's like that that time from Jonah was a gift. Mm -hmm. I need to give it back. The money that somebody gave me was a gift. I need to give it away. And there's when we have that little extravagant time or extravagant money, whatever our Lord gives us, we can discern in those moments. And I'm sorry, I just used two moments that I actually responded. Um, it sounds like I'm boasting, but it was like they both of them really struck me as thank you, mm-hmm. Lord, for these moments of time and money. And I will try to use them for your glory in, in an extravagant way since you gave it to me in that way. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, well, I have been blessed with the gift um, through Fotina. Um, to be able to be more freely extravagant with people. Mm-hmm. And so that's, um, I want to cover that mini topic of how things are progressing with Fotina to, to share just a couple of stories of that. Um, and um, 
just just recently, I guess one is that I was able to um, through Fotina help um, fund along with other people for a priest to go on uh, a retreat slash conference about giving spiritual direction, which I think is like really, really important because we're so lacking um, good spiritual directors and, and we, we need that. Um, Our community is going to this same conference, actually this same retreat. It's through the theology of the body Institute. Um, And my friend, father Boniface is the, um, is leading it, which I'm excited about. Um, and Father Ryan Mann is the chaplain, so I'm just super excited. Uh, and then um, two other things. One of these is a very simple story. Um, they both are actually, and I think that's that's part of the beauty of Fotina is that we're like able to love people with a simple extravagance um, that can profoundly impact people. So both of these stories are very simple, but one is that like I had to take one of the nuns to a Cleveland clinic appointment recently and we had to valet park because they just like to find parking was going to take us probably 30 minutes at least. Um, So we had to valet park and that's fine. The valet parking is only $10, but like it was so busy obviously, since it would have taken us 30 minutes to find parking, the valet and all of these valet drivers were just like running all over the place. And I'm sure it was extremely stressful. And so I was like, you know what? Um, Fotina can give like a very generous tip to one of these valet drivers. And so, um, so I just like gave one of the valet drivers, um, a generous tip. And, uh, when I first gave it to her, she says, Oh, thank you. And then she looked down and she's like, (laughs) so excited and then I see her in our rear view mirror like go talk to one of the other valet drivers and she's just elated like it's clear that this girl and and I'm sure like the following interactions that she had with other people like she was able to pass on that love you know um to just like share her joy um and then the the last one that I wanted to mention was that I was out with a priest friend um for lunch somewhere uh, a couple months ago, and we came across a guy who was homeless um, who was asking for um, money for food. Um, and because I was just with this priest, and I know this priest, and I know that he loves very well, um, this was an opportunity for me to be extravagant with both time and money. And so we were able to like walk with this guy um, to a restaurant and order a meal for him, um, and a soda, which he was very excited about. Um, and, and to just realize, and, and in the meantime, you know, I was able to like talk with him and find out his name and offer to pray for him and so on and so forth. And to just know that like, I couldn't have done that without Fotina. (laughs) And also I'm sure like, like this man has, you know, there are shelters and there are Um, food banks and there are people who are willing to give out like McDonald's gift cards and there's all of that but like when was the last time this guy got to actually like sit down at a restaurant um, and order what he wanted on the menu and um, and he wasn't like he didn't take that he didn't take advantage of that you know like he ordered a meal with a soda like um, and um, I don't know I was just really um, I, re- I still remember his name after these couple months, so I still pray for him every once in a while. But 
Um, yeah. Nice. So I guess I like, I want to thank our supporters also for um, helping us to love with extravagance, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things that we're doing that is kind of allowing uh, that extravagance in a way, and that's just the attention of it because so much. Uh, you know, homeless ministry or ministry of the poor um, becomes so um, detached. You know, we 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 pay, throw money at it or something like that. But one thing we're doing to kind of make sure that there's that those who who we're able to help out in need have that human connection, um, as well as just the the monetary or food connection. And this was an idea of the the Sheridans, um, our prisoners here who live on the campus. But um, we're gonna we're gonna spend Fotina money just to buy. Uh, fixings for sandwiches, you know, um, but but we're not going to make the sandwiches. So we're going to have them, like a loaf of bread, meat, cheese, you know, condiments, lettuce, everything in a special part of the refrigerator. And if someone comes looking for something, we will just stop and make them a sandwich right there. So it's mm-hmm. not like oh, we have them pre-wrapped, ready to hand. That is so necessary sometimes, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But there, there's an oh yes, we actually have stuff. We don't need to think about it. We know that it's, it's we have somebody that's going to be restocking it every week. Um, we have someone that's going to be keeping an eye on it so it doesn't go bad. Things like that. Um, hopefully, some hard boiled eggs. Things like that. But there's there's a way of just saying yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, you need something? Yes, actually, let me pause and take five minutes to make you a sandwich. Then you could be on your way. Give you a soda water or soda. Um, you know, sit sit in the patio and and then and, you know go about your day. But yeah, I, I really love that idea that came from them. We they were they were asking if we use parish funds for it. I'm like, yeah, that's actually really good use of parish funds, but we actually have Fotina as well mm-hmm. um, to, so that our Patreons can can support us too. So, amen. I like that a lot. That's really beautiful. Um, <clears throat> I feel like there's something else I was going to say about that, but I don't remember what it was. Um, but yeah, it's I've, I've mentioned this before as well, but it was something I was very moved by when I was a missionary with A Simple House. Um, is that we lived voluntary poverty amongst the volunteers, which is common in a lot of Christian organizations, but also like corporate poverty, um, which I was so impressed by. So like we only ever kept in the bank um, enough, unless we were saving for a particular thing, like we needed a new vehicle or a new property or something, but like just our spending money, we only kept, um, I think like two months worth of bills in the account um, so that we were totally reliant upon divine providence. And what that meant was if we just had like a month in which donors were exceptionally generous, we were exceptionally generous with our yeah, ministry. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think of that often and um, I'm really edified by that. And the beauty in all of this is that um, God never runs out of extravagance. Mm-hmm. And so he's, um, he's not just being extravagant while he can. That's just how he is that's who he is um and that's beautiful so um all right well um i will give the spiel while we um and also um thank you to christopher who requested that mini topic um so i'll give the spiel um while you think of your prayer intention father michael and um, I'm having a really hard time right now, if I'm being honest, because for the last like 10 minutes, I've really needed to use the restroom. And so I'm struggling to keep my mind straight. Um, so uh, that was way TMI. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to support Fotina, our Patreon page, um, you can find us on there, uh, What God Is Not. 
um, or Fotina. I'm not sure which you actually look up. But. That's what God is not on Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Look up what God is not. Great. And then our website for Fotina is Fotina.org. That's P-H-O-Tina.org. And our podcast email is whatgodisnotpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you are interested in running the half marathon with Mother Gabrielle and I in Akron on September 30th. We've had a couple more people reach out and I'm really excited about that. So you can email the podcast to tell me that. Um, I did like a test half marathon this morning. You don't usually run the entire um, length before the actual race, I don't think, but that was just part of this training program. And so I did it, um, which was good. And I'm still recovering as we mentioned. Um, and we are on Instagram and Facebook and um, Father Michael's on Twitter at Padre Michael O. The podcast is on YouTube, audio only. And we also um, are on Goodreads so that you can see what we're reading. Um, Father Michael, remember to add things to the spreadsheet. And, um, <laughs> and I hope you're adding that to your to-do list right now. And um, we can see what you're reading. And there are always really great discussions that are happening on there. And then um, lastly, to transition to prayer intentions on Instagram, um, those of you who follow us on Instagram probably know that we post every Monday and Wednesday. We are now going to start also posting on Friday after this episode. And that is going to be our prayer intentions post. So every Friday, we're going to post the prayer intentions from that week's episode. And then also ask your prayer intentions as well, so that we can all be praying for each other in a more intentional way, um, which I'm excited about. That advice that um, came through our listener advisory committee as an idea, and I'm excited that we're implementing it. Um, for my prayer intention, um, I'm going to ask for prayers. I don't know if they would want their name shared, so prayers for um, um, a very good friend of mine who um, her dad um, is going through some health struggles, uh, particularly with um, cancer. Um, so if you could pray for just anonymously for her and her dad. Um, and I'll ask you to pray for this person who I mentioned um, had had a certain hopelessness in in the way that they've been destructive in their life, um, and and the the hope I see very very clearly only because I see Jesus. But um, but beyond that, it it there there's there's a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So just pray for them, and if we get some corporate prayer going, um, that that they can participate with our Lord in in their own. Uh, the process of their own healing and, and respond to that invitation to whatever way, whatever he has planned and whatever he's going to do to use this past evil um, to, to bring about holiness and sanctity in heaven. So thank you. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Father Michael. Love you. I love you extravagantly. <laughs> right back at you. I love you <laughs> prodigally as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, can Amen. you give us a blessing? Of course. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May our Lord give all of you who are listening every good thing. May he protect you from enemies visible and invisible. May he allow you to 
see his extravagance, be thankful for his extravagance, respond to his extravagance through your own. May he allow you to be extravagant in charity and in prayer and in love and in forgiveness and especially generous to those around you. Um, and may you see the various opportunities, whether they're financial or time or talent, um, in whatever way our Lord gives you. And may you tap into his own extravagance so that yours may be truly beneficial and according to his kingdom. And may all of this be filled with gratitude for the ways he's already done this. May you always respond, I love you too. When you respond to our Lord, acknowledging his love for you first. But we all do that. May our Lord give you everything you need, soften and strengthened heart to respond in faith to his mercy and his grace, even to the salvation of your soul. May the Lord bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm-hmm.